Okay, thank you. Gotta turn my mic on. So. Uh, welcome to Noblesville First. And those of you that are watching online, we encourage you to get your candles out to acknowledge God's presence with you there while you worship with us here. Today, we are also acknowledging our veterans, since we had Veterans Day this, this week. And so we'd like to ask all persons who served in any of the military forces to please stand at this time. This time, let's join together in our call to worship. We'll share the response. The God of wisdom calls us to worship. The God of peace calls us to let go of our cares and worries. The God of past, present, and future welcomes us into this moment. Let us worship God together. Hallelujah. Let us praise the Lord. Let us stand together as we sing for the beauty of the earth.
we are secure in knowing that you are the author of all of our blessings. You're the one that provides resources that we need to live and to share. Bless us this day in which we celebrate all of your abundance. May we live into that. May we be that blessing for others. Through Christ who is our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. We are honored to have in our presence representatives and youth from our United Methodist Children's Home. I'd like to ask everybody from the Children's Home to stand at this time so we can celebrate your presence. Thank you. Yeah. 
think of all those children and families that they're on, some of them probably grandchildren, and being able to have a legacy of love for the children in need is such a great partnership. So thank you so much for being our partner, and congratulations on the 2021 Indiana Children's Champion Award. Thank you so much, but I definitely did not do it alone, and it's, it does, Thank you so much. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. This is what ministry is about. At this time, Larry McDonald, who served the U.S. Army, will bring our scripture lesson. In a little while, Steve Baker will be speaking about our generosity campaign that most of you should have received a letter about. And uh, we will continue that next week as well. We have Ryan Mills, who's the head of the Community Health Network, will be our speaker. And he always brings a great message. I love hearing from lay people to share how God inspires their living and their giving. So look forward to that as well. But I want you to hear that my message right now isn't about trying to squeeze a few more dollars out of you for this campaign. Whenever I talk about money, I want it to be a gift. Because money is something that represents who we are. What we do with our money speaks. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we have to talk about this. So what I don't want is for this short message to be a gift to you. Perhaps a gift to you if you struggle with finances, but perhaps even more, a gift to those that might need it that you know of, you might want to share this with. Because the reality is, is that most Americans have a messed up relationship with money. We've bought into some myths that either unconsciously or consciously about money that does not serve us well. We find ourselves swept up in a consumer-driven society that tells us we've always got to have more and more. And so we end up spending our time and energy things that don't really bring us true happiness. Let me just cite a few statistics that show how much our money controls us instead of us controlling our money. 73% of Americans cite finances as the source of tension in their marriage. 26% say they fight monthly about finances. Finances are the second leading cause of a divorce after infidelity. 64% of families are financially unhealthy and are either merely coping or actually sinking when it comes to finances. Only 30% of Americans have a long-term plan for their retirement. That's why you look around, you go to the stores and restaurants, you often see older persons still working because they've not saved as they needed to. 40% of Americans could not afford a $400 emergency expense without drawing upon credit cards afford that expense. And only 25% have $8,000 or more set aside for a major emergency without experiencing significant stress. And only 24% of millennials have a basic understanding of budgeting, saving, and financial planning. 
So today I want to set us free. Set us free so that we live our lives in ways that really bring us happiness and fulfillment and divine purpose. But, but here's the challenge. I find when it comes to lifestyle changes, those are not easy. I mean, you think about it. What's the basic financial advice you, you hear often? Earn, spend less than you earn. Uh, that takes rocket science, right? If you think that one or put money aside for potential emergency. Save for retirement. We're told these common sense things, and yet we don't do them. If it were that easy, we would have done it by now. For those of you that have learned those disciplines through the years, you know that sometimes you had to learn them the hard way. You had to have that experience before you came to understand that lesson. So what I hope today, because what I've experienced when I make a basic lifestyle change in my life, something I hear just happens to click in the right way. It may be simple, but it becomes profound just because I'm ready to hear it at that moment, or somehow God brings those things together so that we can get there. Sometimes it's just getting two people in the same household on the same page in order to do those things that make those adjustments to get you on a better financial track. So I hope today just something clicks for you, or something that's shared, or something you can share with someone else that you know is experiencing financial stress. So here's what I want to do. I want to just share three quick money myths. Myths about money that our society propagates and we buy into sometimes consciously or subconsciously. The first myth is that debt is inevitable. We kind of assume that now. We live in a country right now where our government is $23 trillion in debt. $23 trillion in debt. Did you know that 8% of our federal budget goes to simply service the debt? Now that may not sound like a lot, but stop and think, how would you like that as the interest rate on your home mortgage right now? Probably double what most of us would have. But we live in that kind of world where debt is the norm. We graduate from college with thousands of dollars in school loans. And then, right off the bat, we may get a decent job, but we want to immediately get a car that's at least as nice as our parents. Remember when car loans were just four years in length? Now they're five, six, sometimes even seven years? The average new car owner will pay $4,500 in interest over the course of that car loan. So that's just paying the bank to borrow money to have that car loan. Now, some debt's necessary. Some loans are necessary to start a business. Owning a home is not necessarily a bad debt because most of the time that's going to appreciate if you sell it. But most of us live in homes twice as large as what our parents raised us in, right? Dave Ramsey's always shared the wisdom that Person, every person should not spend more than 25% of their household income on their home mortgage, taxes, and insurance. And now you find financial planners say, well, you can creep that up to 28%. But the biggest challenge I find with young people is with toxic debt. I see young people come out of college with all the challenges I just described, and then because they haven't got the discipline spending down, then they find themselves using that credit card. And that credit card's interest rate's typically 16%. And it just digs a hole to get them deeper and deeper. The Bible's got some wisdom on that. Proverbs 22, 7 says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Paul says in Romans 13, owe no one anything except to love each other. And Jesus shared in the book of Luke, chapter 14, which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it? God does not want us enslaved to debt. So if you find yourself in that situation, find a financial advisor, find a, a wise family member, somebody who's handled finances well, and sit down and let them help you figure that out. Myth number two. Spending and investing will make us happy. Now, notice I didn't say money will make you happy. You know that they've got studies out that show that money can make you happy. 
if you spend and invest well. Because money can, if you have it, keeps you from having that financial stress of how you're gonna pay that next bill. Money, if you have it, can help you go on vacations or have educational experiences that enrich your lives. And money, if you have it, can be something that you give away to worthwhile causes that bring satisfaction. So money is not the problem. Remember the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's what we do with that money that matters. And you know what I'm talking about. How many times have we bought something on impulse thinking, man, we just got to have that? And you bring it home and you enjoy it for a few days, maybe a few weeks, and then it gets put away. I remember the thrill I had to have my first new car. When I was going through my teenage years in high school and then into my early 20s, I drove a 1962 Chevrolet Bel Air. I drove that for 210,000 miles over 20 years. In the last year, it developed a hole in the floorboard that I fixed by taking a license plate and covering up the hole. <laughs> Kept it going. I finally had to total it when somebody stole the battery. It just, just wasn't worth it anymore. So I got my first new car. It was a Ford Escort. And what a thrill that was. Brand new. Something totally reliable. And then I got that first scratch. And I agonized over that first scratch. And then it got a little dent here and there. And then after about a year, it's like, man, it's just another car. It's just transportation. That's how these things are. If you need evidence that we have a spending problem in our country, just look around at all the self-storage facilities. They're everywhere, aren't they? They're everywhere. You know, in 1960, this industry didn't even exist. Didn't even exist. And by 2024, it will be a $44.5 billion industry just to store our stuff that you may not look, like, look at even the whole time it's in. Now, Nancy and I, we don't have anything in the storage unit, but we've got a really big basement. And we've got stuff in there that we moved in seven years ago when we moved in, and we haven't even looked at it since. What are we doing with that stuff? And our kids don't want it? That's what we do. And we can talk about investing. I don't want to take all the time out there. But if you... Uh, obsess over watching your investments day after day. I encourage you to read Luke chapter 12, 16 to 21, where Jesus tells the story of the rich man who built bigger barns and then called him home. And then God said, This is the way it will be for those who hoard things for themselves and are rich toward God because he called him home to his own death. So, how do we handle our finances? Go by the 1027. Pretty simple. Give 10% to God. Now you're probably thinking, oh, there he is, asking for money from the church. I don't care where you give it, just give it somewhere. There are wonderful nonprofits everywhere. The Living Children's Home is one of them. The average person in the United States gives only 2.1% to charity. 2.1%. Think about what a difference we could make if everybody. Donated 10% to some wonderful charity, church or otherwise, that's making a difference in the world. 10%. Give the first 10% to God or something that helps the people of this world. The next 20, you save. The first 10% of that 20 is to pay down that toxic debt that we've already talked about. The next 10% is to go for retirement. Make sure you're not one of that. 70% that hasn't saved enough in retirement. And then you learn to live on the remaining 70, which will seem hard at first. But you'll find it amazing when you put your priorities in order, how God will help you learn to live on that 70%. You'll learn little things like the average meal made at home only costs $5. The average meal eating, eaten out costs $15. You'll find that you'll come closer together because you sit down and make those tough decisions together. You'll find pleasure in the simple things. 
and you'll find the financial freedom that will bring you the contentment that you long for. Myth number three, the final myth. And that myth is that our personal worth is based on how much money we make, what house we own, what car we drive, or even how much we donate. And you might say, oh, I don't believe that. But think how often we lift up the people who make those large donations. Think about how we stop and listen to those people who've made a lot of money in this world. We do value them more than others. And Jesus makes it very, very clear how God evaluates people. And we see the best story that explains that while one day he was in the temple in Jerusalem. And he's watching as people share the expected donation for the temple treasury. And that, that donation was made as people stand on the line to go through, and there would be a huge vase, about almost life-size. And it would come and narrow in the middle with a little neck, so you couldn't reach out and grab anything out of it. And then it would open back up to almost like a funnel-like top, so people just could drop the coins in, and they just roll around and go down the neck of that vase. You can imagine many people kind of making a show of how many coins they plop in. Make sure lots of noise is made as they jingle and go down that face. And Jesus is watching this take place. And then he sees a widow come along who drops in two small copper coins. You know how much those were worth? Those green copper coins were worth one 128th of a single day's wage. One over 128. They're gonna, not going to make a dent at all in the wealth of that temple. And Jesus calls his disciples and makes note of what she has just done. Because everyone else is given out of their abundance. They're given out of the extra that they have. This woman was making a sacrificial gift of money she needed, but because her love of God was so great, she shared that sacrificial it's not how much you give that matters. It's how much of yourself you are giving. Let me close with a story that came about by the efforts of Barbara Lance, who's a motivational speaker and coach, has spoken to many companies. And one day she was speaking to a group of employees of a large grocery store chain. And she was trying to get across the message about using your place of work that you'll find more enjoyment out of your work if you learn to use that to be a blessing to others. She told stories of different things they could do. There was one employee that was there that day named Johnny. Johnny is a person with Down syndrome. And Johnny heard Barbara's message and it excited him. He went home thinking about what can I do to be a blessing to people? And he came up with this idea. He started scouring the internet, found all the little inspirational sayings he could get. And he made copies of them, and he cut them up. And when he was working as a sacker, he would pull those little slips of inspirational sayings out and tell the person that he's sacking for, I'm putting an inspirational saying for you, so they look for it. And he started doing that for a couple months. One day, the manager of the store was noticing that he had about four or five lines open, and one line had like over a dozen people in it. It was backed up, and he noticed there was a couple lines right beside it that was fairly empty, the person that you waiting in line. So he got on the microphone and said, there's spots available in aisles three and four. And they watched and saw that nobody in that long line moved at all. And he kept watching, and he noticed it was Johnny's. And he realized that they weren't moving because they wanted to be in Johnny's line. They wanted to be blessed by Johnny. They wanted to get one of those sayings. Johnny understood what it meant when God told Abraham that he would bless him and the people of Israel so that they could be a blessing to the nations of the world. God blesses us in order for us to be a blessing for others. And that's the message we need to hear as we consider how we manage the finances that we've experienced, all the blessings that we've had in our lives. But the 
Lord, we thank you. We sometimes get fooled into thinking that we are the creator of our own wealth. But you're the one that provides all the resources. You provide us the gift of life, the intelligence, the values that we were taught to help us be successful. So may we take that success and turn it into a blessing for others. All this we ask in the name of Christ, who is our Lord.
The giving that goes on all year, normally, the last quarter of the year, we get about 25% of the budget comes in, and really about 13% gets us in the last a week or two of it. So what we did last year in 2020, we received about $385,000 at the end of the, in that last month, if you will, of December. So what we're asking is we're gonna to try to hit the goal this year of 425,000. So we're just gonna ask people if there's any way you can give a little extra for the rest of the year, it's gonna be greatly appreciated and put it to good use. There's a lot of things going on in the church. We've got about 75 to 100 families who haven't come back from the pandemic yet. We don't know what that situation's gonna be. We're gonna to have to really take a hard look at some different aspects of what we're gonna do and how we're gonna move forward. But for today, we just need your help. We wanna finish the year as strongly as we can. And I just would really appreciate anything anybody can do in that regard. So we'll have some cards. I think you've received one here. There's a couple of different ways. Uh, we can turn the card in. If you want to walk one up here in a few minutes, it's great. Uh, do it online. Uh, however you want to do it would be great. But uh, we will be grateful for anything we can do. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. I have a few announcements to bring your attention. First of all, we'll be offering on December 11th, Saturday, a respite night for all families, caregivers that have special needs children, children with special needs. <clears throat> They'll be dropping their child off and siblings at the church, and we'll have educated and trained volunteers who will take care of them uh, that evening. So we have a special training on November 30th, uh, for that event, so if you want to help in some way, please come to that training, or we'll have a recording of that training later. You need to watch it because you can't be here. This is a wonderful ministry that we've done a couple times already. We had one family that said they had not been out of the house without their child for a whole year for that night. So it's a, it's a valuable ministry. Also, our grief share program is offered this Thursday, Surviving the Holidays. Just had our closing worship this last Thursday. So this is something open to anybody. If you lost a loved one last year or two and you find the holidays difficult, this is a helpful program to help you have some tips on how to get through that experience. Our Bags, Baskets, and Blessings is this Friday, so another important fundraiser for United Methodist Women. We'll have a lot of fun. Phyllis said she thought that we'd have about 160 people there Friday night, so look forward to that. Uh, get a ticket today or show up and at the door as well. It's a little bit more expensive at the door. And come for our Hang of the Greens that'll be here in two weeks from 4 to 6 p.m. We'll be decorating our worship spaces, making this uh, a festive time for the holiday season, and we'll be having some special things. We have a Christmas tree this year. We'll talk about the meanings of the Christian symbols. Our Methodist women have a light meal planned for us, so it's a great time. Bring the family out and come and enjoy uh, this fellowship as we get into the Spirit. Uh, please be sure to check the next steps and offer online all the places that you can get connected and our online connection card, ways you can give, and how you can volunteer. Uh, if you're new, be sure to check with Pam Kaplinger, either online or in person. Uh, she's our hospitality coordinator. She can be reached at pkaplinger at noblesofhurst.com. Ask you this time to pull out your connection card. You can find it there, a place to share your name and uh, your attendance. On the back, you'll find a place to share prayer requests and also these opportunities to serve that we've talked about. One of the additional things we're looking for is people to read or the lighting of the Advent read, which starts November 28th. So we need families willing to do that as well. Let's pause and ask for God's blessing upon the tithes, the offerings that we share. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, the privilege of helping to build your kingdom, to share in that with the blessings that we've already received from you. Help us to be good stewards of that and to share what we can and to even learn the message of that widow who gave sacrificially. This we ask for the name of your son, who's, who's taught us to be trusted in him in all things. Amen.
fact, if you have a prayer request and you care to do so, please enter those prayer requests right there on the Facebook page. Or you can email us at KarenNoblesvillefirst.com. Please pray for Marilyn Hensley's sister, Janet McCulley, and her husband, Greg. Janet is currently hospitalized for treatment of myasthenia gravis. Please continue prayers for Jerry and Marty Graham. Jerry was transferred to Kindred Rehabilitation Hospital this past week to continue his recovery. We also celebrate today that Noblesville First has recently restarted home and facility visits to offer the Sacrament of Holy Communion to many of our friends who have not received this blessed gift in over a year. Praise God. If you would like to join our server team or know of anyone who would like Holy Communion offered to them, simply connect with us here at the church. Please also share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available. And you can contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 317-773-2590. Now at this time, I would also invite you to join me in a call to prayer. We remember today, O oh God, all those who have served under the colors of their countries. Grant that those who serve today may be kept in your everlasting love and protection. We pray for the day when there will be peace on earth and the kingdoms of this world will have become the kingdoms of our Christ. Hear our prayers for the entire world, that we may all conform to Christ's will and join in a better world community.
join me in a moment of silent prayer, followed by a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Please pray with me. Dear Father, friend Jesus, and by most Holy Spirit, you know, Father, as I look back over my life, it seems the less I had, the happier I was. Well, not some things, of course, like my family and friends and my pets that went before me. But even in this, you notice, Lord, I use the word before. So I guess that means I shall follow after. And that is your promise of salvation, God. Hallelujah. No, I mean things like less age and less wrinkles, Lord. Less things, less worries, less cares, less stuff, less anxiety less fear. And I recall a phrase I hear in church every now and again, less of me and more of you, Jesus. Father, your love is eternal. It's a love that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Lord, you never give up. May I too be like you, one who gives to the good of this world, all for your glory, because of all you have given us, a life, a love, and a home in you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for all you do for us, including teaching us the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father,
back to the Coral Benediction, you're invited to bring your pledge cards at the basket. If you'd like to go home and think about it, pray about it, you can bring it next Sunday. Or you can also go online and use the online pledge form as well. Let us go forth as God's people. May we be that blessing of all the blessings God has given to us. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Elder.